Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend James of Polkondra.com in North Carolina, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we welcome a special guest, Deacon Millet of fouraltars.com in the high desert of California, bringing us today's topic on the fall equinox. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjurer, root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Miss Kat? Hello. How are you doing today, our dear announcer, Reverend James? I am doing well. It's not too hot outside here. It's not too cold. The temperature's kind of evened out, and that's very nice. <laughs> well, that's good. <sighs> Things here are very chaotic, more chaotic than usual, and it's been going on for a while. So nothing dangerous, but just a lot of strangeness. Um, but good things happening in the shop. Um, our new employee, Percy, has graduated from labeling candles to bagging herbs in the great um, ladder of responsibility. That's step number two. <laughs> so congratulations, Percy. And uh, if you want to have visual proof of it, you can go to the Lucky Mojo Facebook page where you can see a picture of his hands as he bags Buckeye nuts. So that's that. Um, we are getting ready for our annual open house for the railroad at Lucky Mojo for our railroad club. This is different than the open house we did just a few months ago in July for the National Railroad uh, Garden Railroad uh, Convention. We are now um, getting ready for our club opening. But this is different because all members of the public, anybody who shops at Lucky Mojo, you're all invited to show up. It's going to be September 24th, 2023. And there will be, you know, trains running, free food. Um, and the shop will be open, of course, if you want to attend the shop as well. And um, that's being sponsored by the Redwood Empire Garden Railway Society, of which Shiva and I are members. So lots of gardening to do in the days to come. And we're working hard and fast. Um, let's see. Right before we went on air, we found out that Conjurman, well, we knew it already, but we found out that 
Conjure Man was a comics fan. I remember Conjure Man even having a um, a blog about that, and um, yeah, a, I was, a, it was, a, I was a, a, a video cast. Yeah, I was definitely a comic book fan, and I knew you were involved in comics, and I knew Fred was in, or Deacon Millet was involved in comics as well. So we had a little bit of a fanboy moment. Before the radio show started, because I had found out details I had not known before about y'all's background, and so I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. Very, I'm buzzing. Well, you can go back, and um, you can go back if you have those comics or can read them. They're sometimes posted online. You'll see I'm listed as the editor of um, of some of Alan Moore's stuff, and oh, cool. um, yeah, and Deacon Millet. Um, worked at the same company, Eclipse Comics, and and was an editor. So what's new in your life, Conjurman, other than that your past is catching up to you? <laughs> yeah, my past is definitely catching up to me. I was, uh, I was I read the news, and I was like, I have to share this with a cat. So we had a little bit of a fanboy moment before the show started, and that, that set a fantastic tone. But, yes, it's been a busy week. Uh, it's been a weird week, as pointed out as well. Uh, and I'm also excited for starting to stabilize a little bit where I'm at uh, as I'm starting to venture out back into the daylight, avoiding uh, the summer heat. Um, I've had a lot of, and I'm not sure if you have had this experience as well, maybe you both can, we can have a little bit moment of commiseration here. I have a lot of court case work in the month of September. Like a lot of clients who have been asking about legal issues, whether it was like Avoiding the law, like they're trying to get away from, you know, they, they have a court case. They're like, I need. Well, you know, I've been seeing some more court case stuff coming up. And one of the ways it's manifested is I have, in my opinion, you know how cards in a tarot reading go through sort of, um, you know, certain cards will come out for a long time, like regularly, and then go back into the deck, and you don't see them for half a year. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, yeah, the card of justice has been coming out, coming out, coming out over and over and over again. And I was um, kind of interpreting it. It kind of goes with the subject we're talking about today, the fall equinox. I was thinking, oh yeah, remember Libra, remember the fall equinox. But all these people were asking about court cases. Interesting. Sort of interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, we are seeing a little uptake in those court cases right now. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. What you, I'm, yeah. I'm like interested in Deacon Miller doing the same thing, or if it's just you and I. But there's still a lot of like, it's, it's a litigious period. We'll say this is season of law. Yeah. yeah. Also, people people going for their licenses in uh, careers in which you need a license and must mm. be, you know, that also comes under justice, you know, because you have to be mm-hmm. registered with the state. Yeah. Right. Well, first of all, let's say let's say hi to Deacon Millen. Hello, Deacon Millen, former comic book editor. <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, um, the the legal stuff is definitely out in force. It kind of started last month for me, um, and um, a lot of you know uh, zoning type things. Uh, people wanting to make changes to their homes. Suddenly, their neighbors are um, intruding on their their abilities to do and saying, "No, you don't have the right to change this or to do that." Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that kind of work, and also, thankfully, um, finally getting things dismissed for some people that have mm. been hanging 
their heads for a long, long time. And it's always final gavel case dismissed, let it go thing. It's just, um, that's one of the happiest things I think we can experience as group workers is when that yeah. happens. Very rewarding. Yes. Yes. To see justice yeah. served and for people to be able to leave the system finally and stop interacting with it and just be done. Um, huge blessing. So, yes, happening in my world, too. Cousin, Cousin Joshua makes a little point here in the chat I'd like to bring forward. He says that he suspects that cases otherwise delayed by COVID are moving forward in the court system. Yeah, that that's kind of that's a very good idea, and I take cousin Joshua's word on that because I know that in addition to being a root doctor and a really great herbalist, and um, a graduate of my Hoodoo Root Work Correspondence course and a graduate apprentice, he also works in the legal system, so he knows mm. whereof he speaks. No, okay, I make I'm sorry. Sense. I'm sorry, Deacon. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that was. I, that's fantastic. Yes, I, I think that that could be a big part of it. Um, and my fingers are so crossed that we're not going to have another horrible uh, winter here with new COVID fun on the way, but uh, I can't help but being a little bit um, frightened. Uh, um, hmm. Drusilla Pettibone in the chat says, so funny because I just started a new job as a public defender and was work, looking into hoodoo to help clients. We're obviously having a moment here. Um, yeah. Auspicious, really. And, um, yeah, and I would say, uh, Drusilla, <laughs> that has a long tradition behind it of yeah. um, lawyers and judges um, uh, public defenders, and also even district attorneys and people in their office using hoodoo to push the wheels Mm -hmm. of justice a little faster and better. That would make a good panel discussion. Yes, it would. And also, uh, maybe we can get Cousin Joshua involved. And and also um, using hoodoo to bring forth hidden truths and... um, there was a, a, a person I used to hang out with, um astrologer named Christopher Warnock, and um, mm-hmm. he, he was a, a lawyer, and he would smoke his clients with court case incense and stuff like that to get them to present well in court. Just saying. That was a long time ago. I don't think he's doing that anymore, but he did. Nice. I mean, I'm not sure that he's still practicing hoodoo. It does tie in exactly to the time of year we're entering Libra. And Libra is the scales, the scales of balance, scales of justice. And we're here to talk with Deacon Millet about spells for fall. Now, this includes a couple of things that kind of get blurred together. So I'm going to mention them so we might touch on any or all of them. School starts again, and most people's school has already started. But Mm -hmm. for some August, for some early September, we have had Labor Day, and now the UAW went out on strike. (laughs) You know, it's like, hey, wake up, Labor. It's Labor Day. And, um, well, you know, it's... um, Pretty interesting, actually. (laughs) It is perfect. (laughs) Um, It's also uh, Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year. Jews Mm -hmm. um, regard the calendar 
backwards from other major religions. They start the new year at the fall equinox. And the um, entrance into Libra uh, talks about court cases because Libra is also about justice. And the Tarot card of justice is symbolic of Libra. So that having said that, we're going through um, a lots of stuff here. Following upon the fall equinox, we will be getting into Halloween and then Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving. They fall on different days. And then we'll get into the festivals of winter. So we're just going through this little period. Oh, and of course, Halloween is Samhain for the Pegas. So we're going through this period of a quarter year now. So I'm going to turn this over to... um, uh, Deacon Millet, and he's going to bring us our topic. Well, um, thank you very, very much. And yes, in addition to the to the equinox, I also wanted to uh, give a shout out to Mercury, um, which has gone direct in Virgo, and I'm very happy about that. Um, and also, uh, I. I think in addition to the holidays, you mentioned the, the upcoming eclipses in October. I feel like all kind of bundle into this topic of um, the seasons and almost astrological magic um, as as we uh, kind of explore this this time of year. So um, I was hoping hoping to kind of hear from you guys about. Um, what your favorite things were um, to do with these seasonal activities and maybe share a few of my own, including a a free spell at the end that we'll do uh, for um, letting go of uh, kind of fall melancholy as the season begins, the leaves start to, to drift from the trees and things seem to sort of naturally die and it feels like a time when we can um, let go and um, sort of uh, live with some of the things that are may have been more difficult in the past. So that's what kind of the, the the totality of what I was thinking today's conversation might be about. I I just have to say something funny. I to me funny. So I'm a Taurus, and I'm going to pull in um, Dear Conjureman uh, <laughs> as a fellow Taurus. And you, Deacon Millen, are a Capricorn. Capricorn is midwinter and is the, uh, you know, really all about that midwinter thing. Um, so, yes, you see fall as the time the leaves drift from the trees. It's the time of letting go. I'm a Taurus and going, ah! No. <laughs> and so I just went out and photographed what I always refer to as the last rose of summer. In fall, some of the um particularly the roses that are particularly um in the tea rose group have a tendency to rebloom weirdly out of season just before the freeze. And I photographed a beautiful rose um, that is known as Los Angeles, um, that I've loved all my life. It was the first rose that I ever recognized the smell of and knew it was different from other roses. When I was a child in Fresno, California, it was a brand new rose at the time. And I found a 
a copy of it, a clone of it, and I grew it. And uh, this year it surprised me by being the last rose. And it smells like oranges and looks orangey pink. And um, I was so happy to be able to um, post that picture. And the Red Queen Conjure, first thing into the into the chat, said, oh, I love that picture of your rose. But that's how I greet fall. I always look for the last rose of summer, which is also, by the way, the name of a song, an old sentimental song, Tis the Last Rose of Summer. So that's my take on it. Um, what about you, Conjurman? Are you, are you okay with things dying off, or do you, like me, say, oh, well, let's cling <laughs> as long as we can? <laughs> I, do, I do have a moment. As much as I dislike the heat of summer, uh, for me, the coming of the fall is very much, uh, there goes my summer, there goes my life, there goes the, all the work that I could get done <laughs> because the hours start, to, right, it starts to change. Um, so for me, I break up the year in the vernal equinox and the, uh, the vernal equinox and the autumnal equinox. I do cleansing, but they're slightly different. So like the spring equinox, because it's the astrological near, it's all about bringing in the good. So I do a nice good cleansing. It's like Chinese floor wash. I like some, some attraction candles, I try, like things like that. It's all about uplifting. It's like, let's set the tone for the year. But for the autumnal equinox, it's very much like that has gathered. There has been cobwebs that have gathered. And specifically around things like the altars, like there's a lot of candle wax that has been built up on the altar. So that's where they get a really thorough cleansing is that autumnal equinox. The Libra ingress is where I really, really clean my altars. The altars get a nice cleaning. They get Chinese Florida wash in the altar room. Florida water on the altars themselves and then I do some candle and firework but it's specifically about sort of warding off the dark sort of like okay this is the end of the light and darkness is starting to come and this goes back to like like traditional seasonal practices where they started to light fires around this time so I actually set out a small little bowl doused put a little bit of Florida water in it and light it and that is the type of cleansing that I do for the autumnal equinox, for the Libra ingress. I light that fire and I use the fire and this beautiful fragrant blue flame to cleanse the house and cleanse the rooms, removing uh, the sort of coming darkness or keeping me safe from the coming darkness. So it's like a, I divide the year in two types of cleansing, but they differ based on the season. Mm, I love this. Cass, do you feel that, that the last rose of summer might be a a good symbol of renewed passion or a last burst of passion and could be used in love spells more for that kind of, of reignition? Is that well, a... Yeah, you know, I'm one of those people who, as a Taurus, I hate to change states because I'm a fixed sign. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's a, a thing for me that makes it difficult. Like, um, Tauruses have trouble waking up in the morning, but they also have trouble going to sleep at night. And so as the seasons change, I have trouble letting go of each season. I cling to it. Yep. So to yep. me, the the last rose of summer is my attempt to cling to summer until absolutely everything falls off and now we're in winter at which point i go oh boy hot cocoa 
and I'm in a new <laughs> phase, right? But I'm always late. <laughs> That's another song. Always late with your kisses. All right, sorry. Um, the woman who has a jukebox in her head says. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm always late. Uh, that song is by Lefty Frizzell, for those keeping track. <laughs> Um, so that's Probably how I joke that Taurus is the most fixed of the fixed signs. <laughs> the most fixed of the fixed signs, exactly. Um, so yeah, I. Um, but you know, that's I'm just that kind of a person who wants to mm-hmm. cling. So I can't say that I accept it as a, a symbol of um, happily going into winter. I'm just one of those people who goes, no, please, not yet. I'm not ready yet. Just a few more minutes, please. (laughs) If you were to pick the best spell to use that rose in, what would it be? Oh. Well, I because I celebrate Rosh Hashanah, which is, um, you know, what Mm -hmm. it um, for. Jewish New Year, I would probably rose um, and, you know, put the petals on the plate with the various things that one eats at Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me would be a, a, a suitable thing. I I tend to pick roses from my garden sparingly because I feel that more people can see them if they just bloom out on the bush. And mm-hmm. so I leave the roses, generally speaking. It would take um, a lot for me to want to pick a rose from my garden because I really would rather, I mean, I do pick them for um, selling as as dried rose petals. And I always sort of have to apologize to the plants. Sorry, you're looking so beautiful. Oops, got to strip you now for a crop. But the last rose of summer, there's no reason to strip it. So it just leaves there to go through its cycle. But to me, it would be a symbol for Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deacon Mel, I wanted to ask, are there particular candles that you use for the autumnal equinox or for Libra Ingress? Uh, because we know you as legendary with the, the candle work that you do. So are there any type of like candles that you do for yourself or for clients that come your way that are like, all right, this is this is for altars like a lot of these candles during this, this time period? Um, I don't really have anything that I would associate with the equinox, although it is um, mm-hmm. funny, Mary, the first chapel that we built, we aligned it with the sun on the, the autumn equinox mm-hmm. before we began the construction of it. Um, but uh, for me right now, there seems seem to be a lot of banishing things going on. Um mm. And uh, a lot of, of hot-footing, a lot of people wanting to get other people away from them seems to be um, hugely, hugely popular right now. Um, I've been doing um, a lot of planetary uh, candles um, to go with all the retrogrades we've been experiencing. Mm-hmm. So um, we had, you know, the period of, of Venus in retrograde when we were doing those. And then all mm. of the your direct candles have just finished up. Um, and uh, Jupiter, for you guys, Jupiter just went um, retrograde in Taurus. So um, that's kind of a, a bummer. Um, 
but I I think that um, I, I I think that most of the things I do are planetary. Um, mm. That I don't really do um, sun candles at this time of year, um, uh, but I did do some Pluto candles, which I guess can be thought of as as um, the seasons turning darker, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I get to my own personal holiday this coming Tuesday is my exact Saturn return. So I've been burning lots oh, wow. of Saturn candles for myself to sort of say, please make this one as easy as possible. Um but I am sensing this year a lot of um, people wanting things to go away. And a lot of people who are very, um, have a lot of mixed emotions about jobs and relationships. Um, that this, this tug of war between is this, do I need this or is this harming me? And, and swinging back and forth um, on and unable to kind of firmly be on one side or the other of, of that question. So King Solomon Wisdom, I've been saying just about everybody, every client I talk to, well, some King Solomon Wisdom would not hurt this at all. Um, so my, um, my, my picture on the ground right now. Um, mm. There's been a lot of really interesting um, comments here about um, roses. And um, uh, Phyllis Margaret Gabor said, um, again, for the last rose of summer, a recipe for rose sugar, using powdered sugar, a fragrant rose, and sitting it in the sun for several days. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, also, um, uh, rose honey is something that... um, Dear Deacon Millet introduced to us um, at one of his workshops on sweetening spells. Mm. And rose honey would be a great use for that because in at Rosh Hashanah, which is the fall equinox, um, the uh, tradition among Jews is to eat honey with apples. And so rose honey with apples would be really great if it was made with the last rose of summer. That's very cool. King Solomon would approve in his wisdom, I'm sure. <laughs> and um, someone else mentioned um, pomegranates, and they do come a little. Um, you know, they're they're coming a little later than that where we live, and also Indian corn, and of course the pumpkins. But those come a little after the fall equinox. Yeah. We're still working our way through the. Uh, late apples around here anyway, and the early pears and the Asian pears. So um, as far as as what to do with the fall equinox, I agree with Conjurement. It's a great time to clean your altars, to batten down the hatches spiritually and uh, physically. So mm-hmm. get your house re-roofed. Remember I mentioned earlier in the show, just briefly, I oh, said yeah. we're undergoing chaos. Well, the chaos we're undergoing is roofers re-roofing our house. And they're mm. not finished yet. 
and um, it's been going on for more than a week now. Um, they're off for the weekend. Thank God, or they'd be hammering over our heads. But um, and we're very grateful to them. But the whole idea of re-roofing that is very much a fall equinox yeah. thing to do, and yeah. to um, you know repoint the caulk on your stones to repaint. Yeah your windowsills or anything where water has splashed and the paint is beginning to yeah. chip a little bit. Um, all of that type of work physically is important, but it's also important spiritually. So clean yeah. your altar and take that moment to pause. Order supplies that you may need. Remember, if you work with herbs and roots, they have harvest seasons. And when the harvest is done, there will be no more until next year. And so don't come late to the party and in May all of a sudden decide you need walnut leaves. You know, well, I would say in February, don't decide you need walnut leaves. By May, we could find you some barely budded out and they wouldn't be really mature leaves. But mm-hmm. the the walnut leaf harvest is happening right now. The walnut right. har- harvest is happening right now. All of the um, you know, the basils and the mints, they're being harvested now. Ferns are being harvested. All of the things that you harvest once a year, it's happening. And there are things that in California we can pick all year round. You could call me up and say, hey, I need a big order of periwinkle in January, and I would have it because periwinkle is an evergreen. But, um, and of course, rosemary is good anytime. But many of the plants that we harvest and many that other people harvest that we buy in bulk from herb growers will not be available all year mm-hmm. round. And you'll be looking at possible shortages if you don't order now and keep them in your spiritual supply cupboard. Just a word to those who are root doctors. Mm. Really what's the Jesus uh, advice there and very Torian advice, I should say, that blends the spiritual and the practical. I love that you mentioned, for example, the practical act of, of roofing your house, of changing mm-hmm. the windows. These things are really important. And they, they have a seasonal reason. They have a seasonal function because the harsh weather is about to come in a lot of places. And so you want to make sure your house is insulated, your roof is fine, so that it doesn't leak, so that the snows don't cave in the your windows. Because the seasons get harsher and harsher weather, and so this is the time to prep for it. And magically, it's also the time you, you, know, you want to pay attention to the harvest, what's available, what's not. If you're not aware of those seasons and you're not aware of things like harvest, even if you don't have a green thumb yourself, it's something you should educate yourself on because then you're going to be – sitting there in December going, oh, crap, I've run out of this herb, and it's not going to grow for another six months, right? You, you, you're going to end up in a place where your storage runs dry. So in the same way that we start to store grain at this time period, we start to store food at this time period, and that's what we used to do historically in order to help us through the winter months. This was also the time to stock up magically, to make sure that your herb stores were fine, to make sure that you had your powders. So uh, one of the things that I do, and in fact, I probably will be doing this after the radio show, is put in my Lucky Mojo order. In. So like if Miss Cat were to ever time <laughs> my Lucky Mojo order, she could see that I do them you. And I order is based on, so this is the time I always stock up around the autumnal equinox. I take stock. So I know, for example, that I'm running low on crown of success oil. And I want to make that crown of success oil for my clients for the next few months. So I'll stock up on I'll get a few bottles of crown of success oil. So there's always a sort of stocking up period, both of the herbs that you need, 
but also the sort of products you're working with, whether it's condition oils or powders or incenses, the autumnal equinox is like the perfect, perfect time to do that. I also refresh my mojo bags and clean my talismans during this time period. It's the perfect time. I had talisman, uh, you know, I have a talisman over the year. This would be the time that I make sure that the silver is nice and shiny, that the, the copper is nice and shiny, that everything looks nice. If I've had a mojo bag, the cloth is probably getting a little bit worn at this time period, so I would remake the mojo bag. So this is the time of remaking and stocking up and preparation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a that's wisely put. Now, as far as spells, there are weather spells that people do for mm-hmm. a mild winter, but that is a kind of a two-edged sword depending on where you live. Where I live, if you ask for a mild winter, that means no tremendous rainstorms, and that can lead yeah. to drought. So yeah, we no. no longer ask for mild winters here. We want it to rain and rain and rain. But in some areas, harsh winter, like where it's snowy, especially in older times when there wasn't an established network of connection between people by railroad and and um, highway and merchandise being able to be transported, people were sort of left on their own. They often would pray for a mild winter at the fall mm-hmm. equinox so that things would not become so deadly that their animals would die frozen in the field and, and yeah. you know, the snow would uh, uh, fall in on their roof, you know. So this is a time of, of solemn observance for some. Mm-hmm. It's also a time for blessing. Um, if you look at the Jewish New Year, it's a time of um the harvest where you eat apples and then you add honey and the honey is the forward looking prayer for a sweet new year mm-hmm. and so it's a combination of gathering that harvest and then um blessing the months to come but then Judaism developed in a warm climate and so yeah. there didn't have to be prayers for a mild winter Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we should note that with climate change, the winters are changing anyway. It's like, one, a lot of the places that used to have pretty severe winters are now having less and less snows than they had in the past. And two, yes. and Miss Cat and I, you and I have talked about this, the seasons have shifted, the months have in particular. That winter usually came around December and January, but now the snows really start by about February and March, which is really mm-hmm. weird. Everything sort of moved back. I remember mm-hmm. this like specifically in school because I in Southern California, the heat used to be when I went to school by about September. So you would start mm-hmm. to bring out the, your warm clothing. You would start to layer up. The, the mm-hmm. hoodies would come out. But now the heat continues in Southern California well into November. Huh? We we have warm weather right before Thanksgiving in Southern California. And so like there's a little bit of a shift. So there's always like you have to be mindful how our weather patterns have changed. But you can still do magic around winter. So there's two really cool spells that I, I've heard of that ask for a mild winter. If you're in a place that, that still has those harsh winters, not a place where the winters have practically disappeared, snows have disappeared, and been pushed back. One is very similar to a Texan spell about breaking a storm. So in Texas and in the South, whenever hurricanes or whenever hurricanes and tornadoes come your way, you you do what's called storm splitting. You take a knife, you go out, you threaten the storm, and you sort of cut at it. 
And when you cut at it with the knife, the idea is the storm will split around your property, so it won't hit your property. There is a variation of this that I heard amongst the Pennsylvania Dutch, and it's been adopted into hoodoo, where what you do is before in the autumnal equinox, you go out and you threaten the coming winter, that you will split it down the middle and it goes around your property. Then you take the knife, it has to be a new knife, a type of butcher knife, and then you stab it, you kind of fling it into the ground so that it is stuck into the ground. And the idea is then as the approaches, it will go around the knife and therefore around your property. So you're going to do this at the edge of your property. And this sort of creates a little shield or it's a nice, a spiritual knife that cuts the storm and the storm will go around your property. The other for a more mild winter, and this is specifically for places where it rains more rather than it snows, what you do is you take a cup of water, pray over the water that the waters will remain blessed and not damaging, put a plate on top of the cup, then flip the cup over so that the water is in the cup, it sort of uses uh-huh. a suction, a little bit of physics, and then you light uh, white candles on top of it throughout. So the water will sort of lightly disappear over time. And this will ensure the wa- waters remain blessings and never become torrential rains that are damaging property. And you just keep that the entire winter. And then when winter is over, the water should be gone. Or if not, you can flip it back over. Wow. That's a deep one. This splitting the storm with a knife, I've also heard of people doing that in the Ozarks when I lived there, uh, doing it for tornadoes. Yes. And yes. Um, if you see a tornado, those little pre-tornado little black clouds, they're called, yes. um, you you stand up there and if, a, if you see a funnel, you just pull that knife up and, and split that tornado that it will go around you. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a very old kind of magical work. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Did you ever hear of that, Deacon Millet, of splitting the wind with a knife? I did not. I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> this this is something very new to me, and it's very interesting because I have a very clear picture in my mind of it happening. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably just conjurement painting so beautifully with his words that it, it <laughs> appears full blown in my head. But I don't have any recollection of where that that came from. So um maybe totally new to me from right now, but I sure do like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well the the idea of protecting yourself while having the storm go around you is something very old, and um, yeah. you can find um, remnants of it also in Scandinavian folk magic. And there are other wind-controlling and weather-controlling spells, quite a few of them, in the book Trolldom um, by Johannes Gardbach. And he talks about those um, at length. And there are also a lot of English and Scottish weather spells, and I think they came to America, probably because um, England, Scotland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Finland, those are very, and Iceland, those are very harsh winter areas. And of course, they developed a lot of weather control spells because they were at the mercy of um, some pretty rambunctious weather. Whereas you wouldn't (laughs) find as much of that sort of stuff in California among the indigenous people 
their spells would be for the coming of the rain. And um, I think I've mentioned this before. The very first magic spell I ever did was to bring rain um, with my best friend, Dale Wilkins. The rain was delayed and there was a DJ on the radio on a rock and roll station and he, he made a very... Uh, disrespectful reference to Native Americans and said he was going to play a rain dance because we were all wondering when it would rain. And he actually had dug out and played an anthropological recording of a rain dance. And then he mocked it and made fun of it, which I found very shocking to me because I had kind of liked Mm -hmm. this DJ. And But then I thought, you know, we ought to do a real rain dance that was respectful. So I got some anthropology books out and <laughs> looked up how to do it. And my my friend Dale and I went up on our roof and we did as best we could um, a locally indigenous rain dance. And while we were doing it, the clouds came up. And it started to rain while we were up Oh, there. I love that. And um, I have to explain here. The roof was not a very steep roof like you would see in the north. It was a California bungalow roof. So it was yes. planted, <laughs> but relative, you know, covered with you know, gravel shingles. It was not dangerous to be up on that roof. You could um, be on that roof. Yeah, it's California. Yeah, roof. it was okay. <laughs> it was okay to be on that roof. But it wasn't flat, but it was, it was at a slight angle. Um, but yeah, so I realized that magic could actually work. So, and that was also around um, the fall when, when we were expecting the rain, but it hadn't happened mm-hmm. yet. Oh, that's very cool. And I think you're absolutely right, too. Like a lot of the kind of protection from weather spells. It's probably Northern European as they were brought into America and then adopted into some local conjuring hoodoo practices, Appalachian practices, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. Dutch. So very clearly Northern European. There's a, let's move to Southern Europe a little bit here because there is a tradition with the autumnal equinox and the Mediterranean, and that is washing your evil eye charms. So the idea mm-hmm. here is that because the coming of the coming, even though it's not as harsh in Southern Europe and in the Mediterranean, there's this idea that this is a period of envy. So the autumnal equinox, because it begins, there's there could be food shortages, scarcities, etc. There's this idea that it is where you're going to see more and more evil eye, more envy, more oh why does this person do? What does this person have more of this than I do? And so I was always that during the autumnal equinox is where you bring down your evil eye charms and just give them a quick wash. Now traditionally we wash them in just water. There was no any sort of special bath or anything. You just kind of wipe them down, wash them in water, because they also collect dust as they're hanging up in your house. And some places this was actually uh, horseshoes. So some people would actually bring down the horseshoes with their evil eye that was attached to it. And you didn't wash the horseshoe because that was iron. You only washed the evil eye charm that was attached to it, which was generally a glass bead of some sort. Nowadays, I actually use uh, some products. So I wash it with water. But you can also wash it in like Florida water, Hoyt's cologne, and then dab a little bit of Van Van oil on it, and that would be great. But water in of itself is a cleansing and power. So I do. The evil eye charm come down for a little bit. I can give them a quick wash to get rid of all the dust that it has collected on over, over the year, and then put them back up all over the house. That's, that's really, really cool. I like that. So... Um, Let's see what else is going here in the chat. Boy, people are so active on this topic. Um, Balkan Diviner says, Romanian culture focuses on weather divination during the 29th of November. 
12 onions are placed in small containers. These 12 onions represent the months of the year. They are left in the containers until Christmas when they predict the weather for the following year. Rotten onions indicate that those months will be rainy. Sprouted ones suggest months of abundance. It's also said that if the night is clear and warm, the winter will be mild. Conversely, a night of rain or snow suggests a winter with heavy snowfall. Thank you, Balkan Diviner. You always have such fun. I'm waiting for you to write the book on Romanian Magic. Come on, Balkan Diviner. Um, I wanted to turn our attention to the horoscope chart for the fall yes. equinox. So this is for September 22nd, 2023 at 11.50 p.m. Cancer um, on the ascendant and the sun at 0000, Libra. Okay. So this is an interesting chart to me. Um, the sun is opposed to Neptune, and that's a little ugly um, because, um, I, you know, um, actually, I'm sorry. Did I say the sun is opposed to Neptune? 20? Yeah, it is. It's 28 Pisces. 26 Pisces. Yes, it is opposed. Um, the sun opposed to Neptune uh, is another one of those things that leads to floods, drownings. It looks like we're going to have some more of that, I guess, in the quarter year to come. And it can also mean pollution of water with chemicals like petroleum and so forth. So, we talked about the new, you brought up the nuclear waste a couple months ago. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, we've just, you know, had an entire Libyan town wiped out. Yeah. Um, so the sun opposed to Neptune is, is just a, not that great an aspect. Um, yeah. What else do you guys see on this chart if you're looking at well, it? Well, delusional thinking is another uh, part of that aspect that I always mm. try to be look out for. Um, yes. You know, to try to, because I'm prone to it, I want to avoid it all the time. <laughs> We're all prone to it. I have, a, I, have a slightly different, I have a slightly different chart because I cast it for Washington, D.C. Um, mm-hmm. so mine is September 23rd at 2.49 a.m. when the sun has ingressed into Libra. I should We should point out, Kat, um, the, back in the beginning of the year, uh, we predicted the floods. Yes. Everyone goes and listen to it. I think one of the things I said is watch for the extremes of of water because I see uh, the things from cat. You explained how Saturn is because Saturn is Earth and Earth is in the water sign that it would include things like mudslides. So you and I both mentioned floods, mudslides Mm -hmm. back in January. So we definitely Mm -hmm. seen that come to fruition. So for my Libra ingress, that sun is, uh, I have a horoscope. The rising is Leo with Venus there. The thing that we I see you put the me, yeah you put the sun. I just did mine for yeah. Forestville, but you're right. right. I get why you did. Well, I was we ever ever astrologer does it slightly different, right? Like we can do this for LA, but I did it for mm-hmm. for DC because I, I'm interested in the sort of national. So for me, mm-hmm. the big thing is the 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 moon being in Capricorn. So it's in it's, mm-hmm. it's not in a good detriment, and it's in that sixth sign 
or the sixth house, which would for me indicate increase in rise in COVID cases, um, but particularly those that will target vulnerable because Capricorn always represents the sort of vulnerable of society. So it's say immunocompromised people in particular should be very mindful over the next uh, six months or so uh, that the Libra English does in- indicate sort of new variants or new cases in COVID because of that moon being in a not so good place in Capricorn in that sixth house. And then, of course, this is this chart really does speak to uh, labor. That strike that you mentioned, this cat is like right in this chart, very clearly with that Jupiter in 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 cat uh, in Taurus, right? I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. if that's not workers, if that's not laborers, I would I would not be surprised if we see agricultural stuff, like maybe even an agricultural strike of some sort, or like things around agricultural work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a good call on that. Um, uh, indeed, the um, Jupiter is also moving in its uh, own way. Right now, both Jupiter and Uranus are retrograde, but eventually mm-hmm. they'll go direct, and then Jupiter is going to move toward Uranus, and we're going to see um, some action with that probably in the tech sector. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the um, square of Jupiter and Uranus to Venus is also kind of suggestive of unrest and Venus yeah. is in Leo. And and so there's a there's a fixed fixity, those are both fixed signs, a fixity of position. And uh I get what you're saying about that. This is uh, this is not the worst chart I've ever seen. Mm. I mean there's some nice things going on. Um in their own way, you know, there's, there's, you know, sort of Pluto trying Uranus widely, mm-hmm. you know, it'll eventually catch up, but not this this quarter. Uh, it's not that strong to catch up right now. But um, I look at these these um, connections and I'm thinking, well, you know, uh, this is going to be a, a fairly okay quarter it's not like like i said i've seen a lot worse charts this is not the worst i've ever seen yeah and that mercury is um, really nice there in, in virgo yes mercury's in virgo where it, where it's uh, at home and, and and feeling happy about itself and it is trying to jupiter and if jupiter is the uncle mercury would be the nephew um <laughs> If in the Maltese Falcon, if Jupiter is Goodman, <laughs> Mercury would be Joel Cairo. There, I said it. <laughs> Love it. Love um, it. I, I just put out a Patreon page on the days of the week and the planetary aspects using Liebig trade cards from 1905. And Liebig trade cards were put out in groups of six, only and always groups of six, but they had seven days of the week. And they, of course, they had to put two days on one card. And the, the ones they chose to put together was Jupiter and Mercury and Jupiter, and so there's this great card of this sort of benevolent Jupiter in the clouds with with sort of fey <laughs> Mercury kind of <laughs> flitting flitting under him and smiling up. It's I don't know. Jupiter's this big bearded bear. It's just funny, you know. It's a funny funny card, but that's that's what's happening right now. So it's kind of cute. I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you know, do you have anything to say about the astrology of, of the Libra ingress, or, or do you have a different interpretation? You guys have have hit it all. Um, just wish Venus was a little happier, but, um, you know, what, what can you do? Um, <laughs> It's, well, uh, Venus is sex. Venus is sextile Mars, but it it's not so great. And Mars is not so great as a Libra. So <laughs> they're they're off having you know coffee, but it's not a big love fest. <laughs> it's a, it's an awkward date. It's an awkward date. That's right. Yeah. It's an Very awkward awesome. date between Venus and Mars. Right. <laughs> um, but um, the the opposition of the Sun to Neptune is going to. Um, have an effect, I believe. And I would, I mean, I'm hoping we don't have some other, you know, gigantic petroleum spill or some other <laughs> flood that wipes out 10,000 people or 30,000 people or whatever it may be. When we see these large-scale events, which um, we try to predict on a quarterly basis. We don't hit every quarter, folks, but you know we try to do a chart um, for each quarter. When we see these large scale effects, we expect you to hold us to it. And if you if something happens, come back and tell us that we said it. Remind we're us, just, yeah. Yeah, remind yeah. us. We're just we're just um, predicting it in the moment. Balkan Diviner asks, and this would be a question for you, Conjurman. What's observed on the political scale? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. So, like, uh, one of the big things that really comes uh, politically is that Mars and Libra. Whenever Mars is in Libra, there's this language around people manipulating justice for bad ends because Libra represents justice, Libra represents harmony, Libra represents all those good things, and Mars is the sort of bad side of that. Mars is war, Mars is aggression. Mars is even lies and slander. All those things sort of show up with Mars. This is why Mars is not so good in Libra. When we say Mars is a detriment, Mars does not do well in Libra. And so this is very clearly another season of some type of um, manipulation of councils, manipulation of uh, committees, manipulation of investigations that are done for ill-gotten gains, for ill purposes, for bad purposes. So look for mal- political malcontents manipulating their councils, their local committees, their national committees, these things, all for the purposes of undoing justice, for injustice rather than justice. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, so, uh, yes, manipulating the legal system for bad ends, especially yes. promotion of war, investigations, yes. and councils. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, this is not... Um, a good time to be trying to impeach somebody. In fact, one guy just got off who was being impeached in Texas. Um, This is um, a time when there's something aggressive in the legal system, you would say. And uh, that's not not for the best. This may be part of why we are seeing so many people turn to us right now in their situations is because they're seeing more difficulty than than usual um, mm-hmm. as it comes to pass. Yes. Yeah. It's like the law isn't working the way it's supposed to be working to a certain extent. Very that. Mm-hmm. And, and people mm-hmm. need a hand. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Uh, Cousin Joshua has a question, and he asks, can the sun opposing Neptune ever result in lies being exposed or folks being disabused of their delusions, he asks, crossing his fingers. Mm. No, sorry. That would be Neptune trying the sun. Mm. This is a bad, you can't make a bad aspect, in my opinion. Do you agree with me, Conjurman? Yeah, yeah, I think you're 100% right, especially opposition, because it's such a harsh aspect. Yeah, it's a harsh aspect, exactly. They are opposed. As my old uh, astrology teacher, Gavin Arthur, used to say, imagine that these are all actors in a play, and you're directing the play, and they are opposed. You can't see them both at once, because they're 180 degrees apart. So you can turn your attention to one, or turn your attention to the other, but you cannot see both at once. And that is a a difficult situation for the director who's trying to create or manifest uh, things in concordance with his or her will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, well, I, I interesting think we can times work. ahead. <laughs> yeah, I think that we can we can rely on the Mercury uh, trine Jupiter to be benevolent and and beneficent Mm -hmm. in charitable ways, especially toward young males or children in general. And um, so that's kind of nice. Uncles and um, nephews working together. I love that analogy. Yeah, Yeah, the legion of uncles and nephews. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's the better portion of it. However, unfortunately, the delusions are going to be promoted pretty strongly. And and as, as Conjurman said, the manipulation of the legal system will be promoted during this coming quarter. Now, don't look back on this chart 20 years from now and say, well, they told me this would happen and they were right 20 years ago. No. <laughs> when we do, a, I, I have to explain what astrologers do. When we do a, a chart for a quarter, it's really for that quarter year. Yes. And yeah. so uh, this will be changed. We'll have a po- possibly if we can uh, find a, a good third astrologer, and who knows, it might be Deacon Mellon. Um, we will have a, an astrological forecast for midwinter as well. And things will have moved and changed. Now, people ask, um, what do you do with this horoscope knowledge? Well, one thing you can do is, as Deacon Mellon said, light candles for Mm -hmm. those uh, planetary energies. And if you want to know how to do that, you can look in the book The Guiding Light by Mikhail Strabo. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Now we are moving forward to our client tonight, who is a write-in from the Netherlands. So take it away, Reverend James. Thank you, Ms. Kat. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Normally we'd be going to the phones, but tonight our client is Josue, 
writing in from the Netherlands. They have had a reading with Ms. Kat before, about a year ago, but it was another situation. And they write, my nephew got a job here where I live, so he moved from Spain and he's currently staying at my place. I am hosting him at home due to a family commitment at the expense of losing my own privacy, and this is becoming a real burden for me. He's only 21 years old, and I have to constantly admonish him because his parents have spoiled him a lot, and he's a disaster at home. Will he soon find a home to move into? Turning it over to you, Miss Kat. My God. You know, we just said uncles and nephews, right? <laughs> that's so true. The, the I had here. no idea that that's what the client would be writing about today. <laughs> Completely off the charts, man. That wow. is what it's all about. That's that's why people who are intelligent and have a memory for more than you know two minutes of conversation become astrologers. <laughs> that was so cool. Okay. Uncles and nephews. Um, I'm going to have um, a Conjurman do the reading, and then Deacon Millet will do the second reading, and I'll play cleanup and do the root work. Okay? <laughs> Thanks, Kat. So I have a, a couple quick questions here. So you said that this person is 21 years old uh, and they're a disaster. Does this mean that like they're not cleaning up after themselves? Or what type of disaster are we talking about here? Well, the person is not. They're they're only. Oh, they're not to, on the on the. They're not online. Right? No, this was read no, from can't. from the Netherlands. Sorry. Okay, if you're in the chat, I'm online by, by a Zoom. Okay, my, my Yeah, bad. but if you ask questions in chat, we're going to take a bunch of time. Um, okay, the, gotcha. the per- in, we'll, chat, we'll in chat, this person is Ayusha Reg and says, yes, you can ask in the chat. But unfortunately, Conjurman is not in the chat. I'm not in the chat today, no. So it's okay. Yeah, it's right. so, um, I, was, I thought they were on the – we had one of the internationals. No. Oh. But what we have – meanwhile, in real time, Ayusha Rig is saying really messy and doesn't contribute with home tasks. Gotcha. Okay, so the big question is, will this person finally move and get their own house, and will you be able to finally close your doors and enjoy your privacy once more here? So we've pulled a few cards, and they speak very clearly to – is the Hierophant, and the Hierophant speaks to the act that you have done in the past. This is a papal figure with a a tripartite crown and three crosses in the hand. They raise their hands in benediction, and before them are two young acolytes that are seeking initiation or seeking blessing or seeking entryway into the priesthood. Uh, Your offer uh, to allow this person to stay in your home has been a blessing to this person. It has been very good for them. And it hasn't just been a blessing in regards to work. In fact, you pushing back slightly or gently admonishing, we'll say, has actually been good for them as well. And so both actions here, because we see two acolytes, are a blessing because they, this person desperately needs both. One, they needed this, the, the, the place to stay while for the job reasons, so the practical component of it. But they also needed the sort of, um, we'll say, ethical teaching that comes with saying, hey, Clean up after yourself, right? Like that, that right there is definitely necessary, especially if this person is going to go on to live on their own or find a house or whatnot. They need to learn how to adult 
as we say, right? That adulting is very real. The first time people move out and have to buy their own toilet paper, it's a real experience. Like, oh, this is what being an adult was like. These are all the things we took for granted because our mom and dad did it or whatnot. So you are, you're offering education and instruction here. And that education and that instruction is in of itself a blessing. So it's not just the housing that you've provided here, but you're also kind of guiding this person. I think that's how you should orient this, less around like admonishment and more around guidance because this person desperately needs it and you seem to have a very good influence on them to a certain extent. You have a good head on your shoulder. You're offering what will eventually be seen as a blessing. So even if things seem tense now, there's this reality that in a few years from now, they're going to look back at this moment and go, thank God. Thank God for my family member who told me that I needed to clean up after myself. Thank God for that period of time I spent with this person because it did actually help me in the long run. The next part here does say there may be some delays, and that is the hanged man. The hanged man is a person whose arms are tied behind his back, and he's hung by one ankle, indicating that there may be some a little bit slow moving when it comes to actually moving. Uh, so the hangman is an enlightened figure. There's a halo around them, indicating that the intention is good. So there is an intention to move out. There is an intention to get themselves on their own two feet. There is an intention to be able to, to kind of move on with their life, but that the circumstances may not entirely be in their favor, whether it's the issue of housing, whether it's the issue of, of finances. There does seem to be some delay. So whenever this card comes on, I say, whatever your expectations are time-wise, add a couple months to it. That's what I always say with the hangman. It always sort of extends or delays the timeline. But the overall good news is that, yes, the answer is this person will eventually move and find their own um, place. And that's the six of wands, the final card, which is the outcome in the future, shows us a person who is quite literally moving to a parade. This is a person who has won a victory. Traditionally, this is called the triumph. The Roman triumph, the person marching in parade, they've got a staff and a wreath of victory on that staff, and around them are other people. This will likely involve other people, so they require some networking, some friends, some allies that will help them to move on, that will help them to finally find their place. It may require uh, maybe reaching out to the, his colleagues at work, reaching out to his uh, co-workers, it may even consider a roommate situation or something along those lines. But there's a group effort here. It's not a singular effort. On his own, there seems to be a delay, that hanged man. But once a group effort is made, the answer is yes, this person will finally move out. You'll be able to have your home again, and everyone will be happy. The result will be good for them and good for you as well. With that, I'm going to turn to Deacon Millet, who's going to do your next reading, and then Miss Cat will give you some group work advice. Well, I'm going to pull three cards from the Secret Dakini Oracle deck, which is the deck that I use. And um, we'll pull about five and see what they have to tell us. Um, the first one here is Fire of Sacrifice. This shows a volcano full of fame ready for a sacrifice to be thrown in. Um, and clearly you are making a sacrifice here and um hopefully you people have expressed some gratitude to you um for doing this and for um being willing to sacrifice some of your privacy uh for the good of someone else um but it, it this this is a fiery situation 
situation, um, and it, it doesn't feel great. The second card is high tension. This shows a bodybuilder with lightning bolts coming out of his shoulders where his head should be. Um, there's a lot of stress here, and um, I think you're going to need to work in some way to alleviate the stress between you guys. It's not um, it's not going well thus far. The next card is Take Up Arms. This is the card of the soldier. Um, this shows a, a soldier standing on the back of a tortoise with, with four arms, and each one holds a mace or a weapon of some kind. And, um, I, and I'm going to go ahead and think that the first thing that popped into my head was house cleaning, you know, that this has got a feather duster in one hand and a mop in the other. And um, this, this seems like it's, it's going to be time to, to work together. Um, maybe there needs to be a three-hour Saturday where we're going to clean the house and I'll show you what to do and we'll just do it together, um, followed by, by pizza, whatever, something to make it fun. Um, but uh, this card has very masculine energy. They get it done. Part. The next card is Chameleon. And this, while it's often a card of deceit, it's also a card of fitting in. The chameleon changes its color to suit its surroundings. And this card tells me that he, he needs to make an effort um, to fit in. And that you, one, one more global thing for him to learn from this is that when you're a guest, you have to fit into your surroundings as best you can. Um, Final card, the card here is Wave of Bliss, two waves crashing together and becoming one. He's going to leave. <laughs> um, so there, there is a lot of, um, you know, just as, as Conjurman said, there's, there's a lot of learning to be done here, a lot of growth to be done here, and um, then freedom. You, you will have your home back. So, um, I look forward to hearing Ms. Katz's advice on how to help alleviate things. Wow. Well, I really liked those both of those readings. They were wonderful. I did have one comment on the man on the tortoise holding the tools of war. Is that what you described that card? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the tortoise is very slow. So again, this goes along with the idea of delay. It's not going to be um, easy. So what you should do is make it better while it lasts. And as Conjurman and Deacon Millett both said, be a mentor, be a good uncle. Um, it obviously is fraying your every last nerve, but there is something good um, will come of it. And um, if you are kind, uh, you know, provided that the nephew is not psychotic or abusing drugs in your as long as the nephew is just um, slack and you can kind of tighten up on it, that's okay. But if they really are bad, you're going to have to kick them out. But I don't see that they're really bad. I see that it's just going to take a little longer than you thought and that you will actually end up being a mentor. So going along with what Deacon Bellet said about house cleaning, cleaning the house together, I think that's a wonderful suggestion. So we can add some spiritual power 
to that house cleaning. So uh, set aside a time. Uh, tell the nephew, um, you know, we are, um, uh, you know, it's time for us to do some house cleaning, do it together. But use some spiritual supplies or some herb tea or something that you can sneak into the cleaning supplies. If you want an idea of what kind of things that you can get, because I know you're not in my country, so I don't know what you can get, but you can go to a webpage we have called hoodooataglance.com and you'll see a lot of listings of herbs that can be used for this kind of purpose. But I would recommend using Chinese wash, if you can get it, or Van Van Oil, as um, and peace water. And I would also recommend, when using peace water, to... Um, pray over it, Psalms 133, which dwells for the unity of brothers dwelling together. And uh, nephew and uncle are sort of brothers one generation removed. So that's a good psalm if you do work with the psalms. So when you prepare the uh, cleaning supplies, even if you have nothing, you can add water from a holy well. You could add water from a church, holy water from a church. You could add a little sprinkle of salt into the water, dissolve it first, of course. Um, You can um, pray over the cleaning supplies. I want some of them to be liquid, and my reason for this is to spread things around. I also like the idea of oil in Psalms 133, where it speaks of an anointing oil. And so you might use some sort of an oil-based furniture polish, but you've used some spiritual supplies in it. So this does not involve your having to do magic against the nephew, but working with the nephew to produce the result you want, which is a clean house that's also spiritually clean and will be um, something for um, you both to enjoy. Once you've done this, you're going to have to, of course, keep on reminding. And so set yourself a little calendar reminder, uh, maybe once a week. Um, Because we were just talking about Jupiter and Mercury being um, trying one another, and I mentioned the Liebig card that shows uh, Wednesday and Thursday meeting kind of halfway in in a friendly manner. Wednesday or Thursday would be good days, and maybe do a little bit on Wednesday and a little bit on Thursday every week. Um, Wednesday might be for um, cleaning up things that can be speedily done and and Thursday for some of the larger projects like, um, you know, uh, dusting an entire room top to bottom or something like that. I think if you do that, you'll have some success because the planets are with you. If you want to secretly burn some planetary candles, they would be Mercury and Jupiter candles together. And that would be uh, perhaps an orange candle and a and a, a blue or purple candle for Jupiter and dressed with the appropriate oils or find the herbs that go along with them. You can also look in my book, Astrology for Root Workers, to find out about the attributes of Mercury and Jupiter. And that would make a nice little uh, altar array. Okay, does anyone else have any uh, additional ideas that they want to kick into this uh contraband or deacon millet just one brief one and i may have i may you may have mentioned and i missed it but peace water i'm a big fan of when there are situations in home that you deal with with difficult people just sprinkling a little bit of it 
Yeah. I, Peace water is so good um, to um, to settle out a situation. I have found it particularly useful to um, take it out of the bottle that it's in, shake it up first, pour it into a smaller bottle with a little spray cap, and then it'll resettle out in layer two layers, and then shake it up as you use it and pray Psalms 133. Very nice. And you can sp- spritz it around. It also has oil in it, so it fulfills the conditions of Psalm 133 to have oil. How about you, Deacon Mellon? Uh, well, I would immediately subscribe to your Patreon, and then I, <laughs> then I, would, then I would print out the Wednesday Thursday card because it'll look so good pasted on a candle. Um, you could also yes. You could also paste it onto the spray bottle with your peace water inside of it um, just to add a little more of, of Jupiter and Mercury. Um, and and those two are so lovely together, too, because there's the benevolence of Jupiter and communication with Mercury. That's what you guys need, benevolent communication. So, um, that, that is a funny, you know, it was that card that made me want to put that array of cards up because of the of the unusual combination of the two of them together. That's just so funny that you said that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it it costs two dollars a week to get my Patreon stream, and Deacon Millet has it. Uh, Conjurman is a, a member. Um, you know, and in it's one totally year, it, in one year, if people are not subscribing now. In one year, that page will open to the public if you can wait a year. <laughs> yeah, I love <Okay>. that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, I wish you really well. Um, uh, this is a, this is not probably the answer you wanted. You probably wanted something like, use influence to control his mind. But actually, the cards didn't show us that. The cards showed you kind of stepping up to the plate to be a mentor who will always be remembered. And remember, those whom you mentor will later be those who support you when you become too old to lead the march. Also, one other thing about that card of the Six of Wands, I now refer to this as the the happy horseman surrounded by his doting Morris dancers. You can look up English Morris dancing. They, these are men who wear uh, floral headgear and dance together. <laughs> All right. So next up, we're going to have our network identification tritone, our network schedule, and the free spell from Deacon Milton. L-M-C. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30, 
The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain in syndication. Tuesdays, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voigt. Tuesdays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay in syndication. Thursdays, All Time Specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Deacon Millet of FourAlters.com in the high desert of California. Take it away, Deacon Millet. Thanks. So this is a spell to heal the heart over any loved one who has passed or relationship which has ended. And it uses many traditional foods from Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. Um, You'll need honey, pomegranate seeds, and an apple, plus personal concerns, fallen leaves, incense, a candle, a pen, and photos. And you'll start by cording your apple. You'll then take the core, cut the top and bottom from it, and plug the bottom of the apple so you've made the container in a container cell. And you'll want to roll your photos and any personal concerns and tuck them inside the apple. Then take the, take some fallen leaves that you've collected and on each one write something you will miss about the relationship that you're commemorating, um, whether that's a lover who has left or a family member who has passed away or a dear friend. Um, whatever relationship you have on your heart. Um, When you're done, light the incense and candle. You're going to gather your leaves and read each one and reflect upon it and then place a pomegranate seed inside the apple for each remembrance. So you'll look at your leaf, add your pomegranate seed, Then light the leaf on fire in the candle and place it with the incense. And you'll do this for each one. So if you have seven remembrances, which is a great number, you'll have seven pomegranate seeds dropped down inside of your apple. Then you'll fill the apple with honey. And you can say, as this honey is sweet to the tongue, so shall these memories be sweet to my heart. And then you will plug the top of the apple with the last piece of apple core. Um, take this out into the world. Find a beautiful spot and dig a small hole, not very deep. Place it inside, cover it with fallen leaves, and away. Leave it to remember your loved one by or your relationship with someone that didn't work out. Wow. Wow. That's a beautiful spell, Deacon Mellon. Is that original with you? It sounds like it is. Yes. I it's it's um it's obviously it's a traditional uh honey apple spell. Um but uh I I felt like 
people often when they do cut and clear, we, we have them do something very strong and powerful. And some people want or need a cut and clear that's a little gentler and that's more of a commemoration. Well, I love the, the, no, no, go ahead. I'll speak. No, I was just going to say commemoration instead of cut and clear is such a fall equinox thing. What were you going yeah. to say, Conjurman? I was just going to marvel at the use of pomegranate, apple, and the leaves. One, you can really clearly see the sort of seasonal component here. But the, the idea of bringing all those elements together, sweetening them, sweetening the memory, this is such a beautiful and, dare I say, iconically Deacon Millet spell. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I want to say another thing about this spell, because I asked Deacon Millet if it was an original spell to him. And many of us you know, delight in finding and preserving the folklore of the past. Mm -hmm. But that folklore wouldn't exist if someone hadn't created it and passed it along. This spell is amazing to me, and it shows the quality of work that Deacon Millet does um, because um, it's so good. It's just so good. The pomegranate seed. For those who don't know what a pomegranate seed is, they're going to go, what are you talking about? Um, it's, a, it's a plant that has a, um, a fruit that has a, sort of a leathery rind on it. Inside, mm-hmm. there are thousands and thousands of little red fruitlets, which each has a seed inside, but the seed itself is covered with this red juice and a red skin. It's like a garnet. It's, it's like a gem. You can see them on the High Priestess card. Yeah. in the Rider-Waite-Smith Tarot. And so the pomegranate um, represents um, the heart's blood. Mm-hmm. And um, that is what he's saying here, if I understand the spell, mm-hmm. and I think I do, mm-hmm. that, you know, there is a bit of, of, of a pain. The leaf yes. is dried and it's burned up, but the, the pomegranate seed goes into the apple and is then covered with honey, and the memories become better memories. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. just a beautiful spell. Thank you so much. I, 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 the combination of I'm still marveling at that the combination of the apple and the pomegranate seed and the because I've used pomegranate, I've used apple, I've used leaves, but I hadn't considered to combine them all in this honey working, and that's beautiful. And I do love the idea of commemoration because you're absolutely right, Deacon Miller. Right, like the cut and clear is great and it's fantastic, and there's a really important use for it. But for some people, they they are looking for something gentler. They're looking for a sort of gradual moving away, the ability to almost alchemically transform their pain, the hurt of a breakup, the hurt of loss, the hurt of love, into something that brings them warmth and goodness, right, that you can look back on fondly. So I love this idea of commemorating, and that is perfect for this season. That's really, really sweet. Thank you, Deacon Millet. You're one of the sweetest people I know. And folks, he wrote Hoodoo Honey and Sugar Spells. (laughs) All right. Um, If you all don't have a copy of Hoodoo Honey and Sugar Spells, you ought to get one. Um, There's our music. So we're going to turn this over to Reverend James, and he's going to make our final announcements, after which we'll all come back and say goodbye in harmony. 
Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjureman, and thank you, Deacon Millet of FourAlters.com in the high desert of California for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when, from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, will be Lady Muse of HouseOfSelfEmpowerment.com in Victorville, California, bringing us the topic, Cutting Soul Ties, Part 2, Sex Magic. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from folkconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archives via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Reverend James, and a shout-out to everybody who's in the chat, who I don't think I'll have time to name them all, but um, y'all know who you are, J.D. Onicki Muse, who's going to be on the show next week. She's in our chat That's right great. now. And um, Tony I, always love to see him. And, uh, if I, Cousin Joshua, and if I didn't mention you, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um this show has been running for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. We always have guests on, and um, we always have a, a caller. And um, I'm going to make a, a question here. I'd like people to respond in the chat. We sometimes have had shows that were just all calls, no topic. Does anyone want to see us do one of those every once in a while? Just all calls, no topic. Or would y'all rather see something else we used to do, which was all topic, no callers? Or do you like the balance the way it is? Just write whatever you like, and I'll read them in the comment section in the chat. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.